Texas clocks in at nearly 268,000 square miles, making it the second largest state in the nation. Colorful mountains, sandy beaches, and sprawling metroplexes fill the Lone Star State's vast landscape. Despite the differences, every part of Texas shares one common interest, a football stadium in nearly every corner. Over 1,200 high school football teams grace the state of Texas with big plays and even bigger tackles, according to Max Preps. Thousands of children try to capture a sliver of glory in their backyard, just hoping to make it to the big leagues one day. Earl Campbell was one of these children. He played for the University of Texas at Austin before making his NFL debut with the Houston Oilers, and later, the New Orleans Saints. There's a simple way to describe Campbell's running style a wrecking ball. Old highlights between the Houston Oilers and LA Rams show that one of the only ways to stop him was to rip his jersey off. Here goes Earl Campbell. He knocked Robertson on his back. Beautiful, beautiful. You heard that right. And even that didn't stop him or the legacy that he would leave. Earl Campbell is arguably the uh, greatest football player ever. He's on a short list. As far as running backs are concerned, he's on a very short list. And with that came some expectations for his boys. And uh, those guys handled it so well. But this isn't the story of Earl Campbell. It's the story of his son, Tyler. Hey, listen, y'all, my journey, nothing like his. You know, I have a father, I have an older brother. They were the athletic ones. They were gifted from the moment that they started playing the sport. The sport for me was a struggle. When we met Tyler in 2020, we instantly felt a sense of connection. It's like we had known him our entire lives. After you talk to him, you truly feel like you can do anything. You wouldn't believe that he experienced one of the most tragic circumstances thrown at him at the mere age of 21. This curveball could have crushed him, but a Campbell never quits. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Lavignier. And I'm Clark Dalton. This five-episode series will give you an inside look into the life of a football legend's son and what it took to build his own legacy. This is the story of Tyler Campbell. Things became more clear for Tyler after he found his calling as a motivational speaker. I'm going to help you get there further and faster than I could, and we're going to ride out and do this thing together. I knew there was a niche. Oh, I love it. We talk about business school. Now we go going there. Okay, I knew there was a niche. Tyler determined to live present in every day, using his gift to his fullest potential. God gave me something like for a specific reason. Like nobody had what I had or was doing what I did at that specific time. So how dare I let what I've been blessed with go to waste because I don't know I could be in a wheelchair tomorrow. And that's just my life. And if you know people with MS, that is the honest to God's truth. Your yesterday could not be the same today, point blank. I know what it's like to wake up and feel totally different. But that selflessness, attitude, that whole teamwork, that whole loving on other people, I know that that has always been everything that has been needed within our country from jump. Tyler started to barnstorm across the country to tell his story and raise awareness for MS with the simple mission to help as many people as he could. MS humbled me. MS made me look at life bigger than just me. It made me treasure the now. It made me slow down. It made me more patient because I can't tell this disease what to do. 
doggone it. <laughs> I can't tell this disease. Give me my legs back. <laughs> you know? And so it made me patient. Physical therapy processes, speech therapy, memory loss. That's why I say MS is a blessing. Does not mean it's that way for everybody else. For me, it made me see life bigger than just me. So I take those things and I take those stories and I take those pains and I give them to people. And, and then I can talk to you also about the solution to those things and how to get out of those things because I've been blessed enough to do them in my journey. These speeches also brought more attention to the disease. By getting people to listen and pay attention, it could raise money, which would be critical for research and developing better medicine. Tyler kept getting closer to his goal, but he needed a bigger platform. He decided to call an old friend in San Diego, Mary B. Me and Josh have been volunteering at this local elementary school called Encanto Elementary School. And we want to do something. Better yet, we promised them that we would do something to help their school. I had started volunteering there first. I bought Josh along with me later. And I just really wanted to help those kids. Told Josh we should help those kids. And we were still trying to figure out how to help those kids. Just didn't know how to do it. And that's when Charles gave us Mary B's number. And it's like, I knew the woman was dope. Cause she, I was like, is that her last name? He was like, as long as I've been knowing her, we just call her Mary B. I was like, yo, she must be ice cold. Cause nobody, not even this dude playing the league and on this big sports center, he don't even know her last name. And that's how we got connected with Mary B was through Charles Demery and his wife. Charles Demery, a former NFL defensive back, coached Tyler at his gym as he prepared for his pro day, and he knew Mary B from her philanthropic work on behalf of NFL players from across the league. That's when the two got connected. Mary B's extensive experience in running nonprofits and connections in the NFL provided Tyler with the resources he needed. I went to the University of San Diego but grew up in Minnesota. And after I graduated, I went back and worked for the Minnesota Vikings for seven years. So I'm an NFL person. And then I moved back to San Diego to run Junior Sales Foundation. And then after that, I started my own company, uh, working with athletes for all kinds of causes. And so I met Tyler when he was at San Diego State and he was training for his pro day. And he had called me, actually, it was December, and he said, I understand you're the person who works with NFL players. I'm trying to do a, a fundraiser for a school that was in desperate need of school supplies, different things for the school. He said, if I bring my dad in to San Diego, will you help me? And I said, Who's your dad? <laughs> and he said, Earl Campbell. I said, all right, we'll figure that out. So Tyler and Mary planned out their first charity event. It was Fairways for Kids. Still to this day, like, I feel like it's the dopest name of an event. It was Fairways, F-O-R-E, for Kids. And it was a charity golf tournament on one night. And the night before was a, you know, live auction, silent auction, restaurants, eats, mingle, and all that type of stuff. And that was our first ever project. And we ended up, you know, raising enough money to get materials, school supplies, things like that over to Encanto Elementary. And mind you, when me and Josh told them, like, we're gonna help you, uh, they, they never believed it. But my proudest, like, my proudest moment, I would say, 
leading up through college is starting out as somebody who read books to kids and then seeing those same kids come to a different part of San Diego that they had never been, go to a golf course which they had never been to before and seeing people who didn't want anything from them just coming to support and to love them and say, hey, we're here, we believe in y'all and watching these kids' faces just illuminate as elementary school kids. And when I tasted that, that's when my heart for philanthropy went into a whole, a whole nother spectrum because if you just want to help somebody, you can. Even before they started doing more philanthropic work together, Mary B could tell Tyler distinguished himself from previous individuals she worked with. Listen, I've been working with athletes for so long and you can meet somebody right away after all these years. It's like I'm a talent scout, right? And he had it. And I knew it from the second that I met him. His charisma is, you know, off the charts. And he's just... He, he was like that, you know, in college. So, and he has this amazing spirit to him and this positive energy. And so you can't be around him and not be motivated to, you know, do your best in, in whatever it is. Afterward, Tyler started to expand his heart for philanthropy even more. Mary B. already started a nonprofit, Pro Player Foundation. They decided to focus on fighting MS. When Tyler was diagnosed with MS and also another player that we worked with had a family member with MS, we decided to change the focus to MS. So simultaneously, we were doing flavors of the gas lamp in San Diego and we would, you know, have probably 20 chargers show up as well as Hall of Famers in town. And then Earl said, Mary B, you're coming to Texas. And so... I went down to, to Austin. Our event is called Flavors of Austin, and the event looks like we have 20 different restaurants that set up tasting stations. They hold the event at the Hyatt in Austin. Imagine a ballroom filled with barbecue, jazz and country music, and a bunch of NFL players. We have a silent auction. The cheerleaders perform. We have live entertainment because, of course, it's Austin. We've had some fantastic musicians. You know, I always want the local musicians. And, and we're right before South by Southwest, so that's really fun, too. And then, of course, it's all about MS. And so we have, you know, patients, families, caregivers, you know, as many people as we can come out because... It's such an inspirational night for them, and they mark it on their calendar every year, and Tyler knocks it out of the park with his speech, and, you know, we work on what we're going to focus on every year, but it's been a phenomenal experience, and the, the whole Campbell family comes out, and, you know, we have such great donors and sponsors, and so it's been I think our first one was 250, and now we're up over 500. But it's not just a good show with food and music. NFL Hall of Famers make a difference for MS. Since their first event, the donations to the MS Society increased each year. In 2005, 120,000 donations came in. 14 years later, that number grew to over 500,000. They've hosted the Flavors of Austin annually since the event's inception and branched to other areas of the country, like San Diego and New England. The list of ambassadors grew too. It's a pretty impressive list. It includes Earl himself, fellow Hall of Fame running back Tony Dorsett, 
and four-time Super Bowl champion Joe Green, just to name a few. Tyler managed a full plate, juggling speaking engagements and wedding planning at the same time. Unique challenges left the day short of picture perfect, but the couple shared a special memory in spite of the difficulties. Oh man, wedding planning sucks. <laughs> at that time, Tyler was living in Austin. I was living in Dallas. Wedding planning was hard, but the wedding day, and you know what? The one thing I had asked for was, please don't rain on my wedding day. For 90 days straight that year, it was over 100 degrees in Texas. My wedding had to be on the 91st day because it poured down rain. I mean, lightning, thundering, light flickering. It was awful. And I remember Tyler sending his cousin to check on me because he was he knew I was like, I just pray it doesn't rain on my wedding. I just pray it doesn't rain on my wedding. And he was just like, how's she doing? You know, is she okay? Tell her it's gonna be all right. We still gonna do this. Tyler wanted to ensure that Shana didn't get overwhelmed. I don't really like a lot of attention. Like, I don't like all eyes on me. So I struggled at our wedding because we were the center of attention. And Tyler was like, so in the beginning, <laughs> let me say that, in the beginning during the ceremony, and when we were taking pictures, he was so attentive because he knows how I am. I get really anxious. I don't like a lot of attention and people pulling me each in every way. And he was just, he was there. He was attentive. He was like, are you okay? You know, I'm checking in with me. But it, it was good because my family was there. His family was there. I was just looking at the pictures today. I don't know. Like my, we were that same smile, like just cheesing. It was so, like, we were so caught up in each other. I forgot which left hand, like, which hand I was supposed to put the ring on. <laughs> like, I couldn't remember which side was the left side for him. So we had so many, like, bloops <laughs> during the ceremonies. The uh, minister, he was calling me Shaner. <laughs> so we just had, like, a really good time. It wasn't, like, really serious. It was very true to, like, our personalities, just goofy and fun. So that was good. And then once the music started, boy, boy, I couldn't find my husband no more after that. So when it was time to take more pictures or whatever, and I was like, where's Tyler? And there goes Tyler in the middle of the dance floor. He cannot dance. He has two left feet, but Tyler was dancing. I was like, where, what are you doing? But yeah, our wedding was good. It was really, really good. It was good. <laughs> After the newlyweds celebrated the joys of young love, they began to talk about their future together, building a new Campbell family. They didn't know how MS could affect the potential of having children. So we always knew we wanted to have a lot of children. Actually, Tyler had another relapse right before we got married in 2010. So he was in like some clinical trials and a lot of the medications or some of the stipulations of the clinical trials was you can't start like you can't have kids during this time like before you get married you know you have these conversations of like hey you know this is what our we want our marriage to look like you know we want to have kids etc etc but it really started that is everything is like surface level to some degree but when he was recovering from his relapse and he started on the medication we started to have some more in-depth conversations about like what this means living with ms having children is it possible started to ask the questions with the doctor. So I would go to doctor's appointments with him um, and just have those conversations like, is this something we could do? And so we had made a decision that about a year after our marriage, our first year of marriage, excuse me, um, I had started grad school. So we had made a plan like, hey, okay, when I finish grad school, 
will start a family. That way it gives them some time to get acclimated to his medication. You know, there'll be more studies out because this is a new medication. And we can, we can like confirm that he's stable, right? But Shana got pregnant with their first miracle child, Messiah, during their first year of marriage. Well, that went all out the window because, you know, my first semester, first year of grad school, <laughs> I got pregnant. So, uh, that didn't go as planned. But their first pregnancy brought new concerns for the soon-to-be parents. Yeah, you know, we always knew we wanted to have kids, so we started having those conversations early with his doctor, like what this is look like, what does it mean, is there any effects that it'll have on the baby, um, what are the chances of the children getting multiple sclerosis. Yeah, once we had those conversations and we felt confident, we prayed about him, then we were just like, when the time is right, we'll have kids. Thankfully, they brought home a healthy baby boy, and next was their daughter, Cheyenne. Tyler's family grew when he and Shayna welcomed their youngest daughter, Sage, in 2021, and the kids shared just a few of their favorite memories of their parents with us. Do you guys have a favorite memory with your mom and your dad? Uh, yeah, me taking mom on a date. Now, what's your favorite memory with Daddy? Um, feeding the a lot of times. My mom went track when she was young. She could run very fast and she could jump very far. My mom and my dad, they took me in at nighttime. Their family means the world to them. And the Campbells are a tight-knit group. Already family-oriented, MS made Tyler want to be there for his children even more because of the uncertainty of the disease. I got married early. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew that family was everything. I knew that I wanted to be able to, to live and you know, get to a place of being able to hold my kids. You know what I'm saying? MS just, it slowed my mind down and really made me think about, yo, what's really important? Like, how, am I, how much stuff am I really thinking that is really that important? But it's really not. So Tyler takes fatherhood very seriously. I have three children. And each of my children have to be loved in a different way. You can't approach one child the same way. And I'm, I'm learning as I'm getting older with MS, I've got, I'm learning, working extremely hard, how to be smart, how to divvy up my, my life. Shana admires the dedication to their children. Tyler's an amazing father. He is so involved, actively involved. We don't really do like traditional family roles, you know? Like whoever's up, is up, whoever's turn, is your turn, my turn, whoever. But he is so, so involved, involved with homework, bath time, reading, sports activities. You know, he takes the girls on walks. I think that every little girl um, and boy deserves like a dad like Tyler. Tyler's dad and his brother say they appreciate seeing Tyler's family grow, especially after watching his struggles with MS from the beginning. It kind of made me feel sad because here's this Bill, I mean, this nice size human being that's body like a model and he's got this. And then I found out that, show you how good God is, it could even affect you having children. And Tyler gave us two beautiful girls and a great, beautiful son. I mean, what can you ask for? So it's amazing what God can do if you have faith, and that's what God did for us. And it says yeah, that Tyler wouldn't be able to have kids, him and his wife, but, you know, they got a nice, beautiful family. I mean, shows it shows you how good God is. If you want to talk about defying the odds and having children when the doctor says that you probably may not be able to ever have children, and you now have three healthy children, or if you want to point to 
how to, you know, get over your dream not working out, point to the life that you're living now at 35 years old, you know? So there's like, there's different things that he can point to throughout his life that applies to everyone, you know? And and my dad's whole thing was like, never quit. Just don't fucking quit, you know? So it's like, shit's gonna get hard and things are gonna get tough, but you just can't fucking quit. Tyler's full immersion in both fatherhood and his speaking career never slowed down. He eventually landed his own radio show on the horn, FM 104.9. So, Lise Hudson, who's like another mother, I know Lise because Lise is over marketing over at over at the station. Lise helped my brother when Kevin Dunn and Brian Jones, who's now at CBS, and all these other guys, Bucky and Aaron, when all these guys had these other sh- these shows back when they were um, their office used to be off of Lamar at the radio station over there. My brother was an intern there. Lise was marketing then she got my brother an intern in radio right so I think what ended up happening was something fell apart with one of the shows on Saturday that they had or something happened where that show was no longer going to be existing so I've been speaking for a long time right Um, via recreation just Lise has heard my messages she's like family her and my mom used to own a clothing store when I was a kid right called boy oh boy so my mom, entrepreneur, that was the store that they had together. Lise was in business with my mother on top of the stuff that she had. So I think that was like one of the ideas that popped up in Elise's head. And uh, so one of the people, right, she knows she needs a show. She needs a show in a hurry. So Lise is running her stuff. She tells Aaron Hogan to give me a call. I believe E gives me a call. Says, like, you know, what do you think about being on the show? Mind you, if I'm getting a phone call from E, like, I know that Lise is, you know, up here saying, yo, get Tyler. But she doesn't call me, right? She does everything professional-wise. She does, she's not the one who hits me. So Aaron hits me. It's like, yo, you want a show? We need you to have a show, like, one-hour show. Like, what do you think about it? And I'm like... Yeah, I don't know nothing about radio, but I, you know, I like, yeah. (laughs) Tyler lacked experience when it came to the radio, but the Horns leadership placed their confidence in him. Immediately, like, yo, I call Lise, and I tell Lise, like, thank you, mama, Lise, I appreciate you. And she's like, she calls me TT, so she, um, the only person that calls me TT, she called me TT when I was a little kid, and it always just kind of stuck. And... She said, you're welcome. You're going to do great. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to speak about. I don't know what I'm talking about. She was like, it's going to come to you, and you're going to be very, very good at it. And I know this. I wouldn't have just called you to give it to you just because we know your family. He knew exactly how to engage a crowd thanks to his public speaking background. Oh, yeah. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Real life, real talk nation. Stand up, man. How are y'all doing today? He blazed his path with a trip to Luling, Texas, with one of his first listeners, Eric Lugo. When he came on, when he took over for these ladies that were on before him, I was kind of, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like this guy. You know, I didn't know if, you know, I would like his show or, you know, but I'm like, you know, I listen to that station all the time. So I'm like, hey, I'll I'll give him a chance. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I did because really he's, 
he's he's an inspiration. And ever since, he's been a loyal listener to Tyler's radio show. Now I've gotten to know him on a little more personal level. Uh, he, you know, he's one thing he says he appreciates all his listeners, and he really does. You know, he, you know, I reached out to him. Uh, I do uh, broadcasting here locally for the uh, high school, you know, the, the varsity athletic events that we have here in Luling. So before I actually took it over from the gentleman that kind of started it for us, that's from Lockhart, I invited Tyler to come on and, you know, kind of share some of his experiences and, you know, his uh, perspective on things. And, you know, he accepted and he came on. And then I kind of found out that he's really familiar with this area that I, that I live in. You know, I was way more familiar than I would have thought he would have been. So he, he talked about, you know, his dad, you know, the sausage company that they have. And, you know, of course, we have a, a world famous barbecue place here, City Market, that deals a lot or has dealt a lot with the Earl Campbell sausage. So, so yeah, so that's really, like I said, the, the extent of my involvement with Tyler, but I mean, he's, I consider him a good friend now. Tyler connected with more listeners like Martin Barrera via Twitter and YouTube, building his fan base and making the listening experience more personal for his audience. I'll message him on, on a post that uh, he'll put up a, a YouTube video here and there, and I'll just comment on, on you know, like and, and thank you for, for the inspiration. So, yeah, so Twitter Twitter's the main area that we, we typically go back. And so I, I'm, and the thing with, with Tyler, like, he's very personable, like, he's friendly. Uh, everybody that, that logs on and, and, and reach out, reaches out to him, he, he's there. I, I didn't think I would get a response from him. You know, it's Twitter, you know, people get on, get off. And so I was surprised that he actually responded back to my comments. And he, you know, pressed the like button on all my comments. And, and then he invited me to be a, a follower, a friend on his Twitter. So that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. And of all people, he, he, he reaches back to me. And I'm just a, I'm just a common guy. And he, he's there for me as well. So I think that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Another listener, Justin Ayers Mendez, liked his ability to tackle everyday problems. He's a really relatable guy. And he does deal with everyday life issues just like we all do. And I think, you know, to have a online presence like he does, you know, like if you took a way more famous person, it's really hard for them to relate. And they might not always have the same issues that the average person does. But I think that's what I like most is, you know, he's a really relatable person and he experiences things just like we all do and pretty much is doing the best he can to motivate you to get out of that situation rather than just saying, you know, the typical cliche motivation speaking stuff. He kind of goes in more detail. You know, that, that's probably my favorite part. Developing this platform not only helped him reach the average listener, but found those who are fighting MS just like him. This inspired listeners like Marjorie Winston, who was diagnosed later in adulthood and needed someone to turn to. Tyler gives, Tyler gives people something to look forward to. When Marjorie received her diagnosis, the doctors told her she only had 10 years left of mobility. She said her marriage didn't survive MS and the cost of medication makes life difficult, but Tyler still brings her joy in spite of the pain. There's nothing better than when they go to break and you know, when you're watching him live on Instagram and they go to break on the radio show, whatever music's playing in the background, Tyler's gonna sing. Yes, we're gonna have to take control. I know I'm off beat. I know I'm off beat, but look, y'all know that tune. Hey, it's Tyler Campbell, aka Mr. TC Speaks. I think he calls himself Tyler Vandross. And he sings, the joy in his singing 
is both hilarious and just it's just funny and fun and he's he's able to keep things light no matter what the conversation is there's a lightness to even the heaviest conversation and as someone who knows the severity of the disease she told tyler that he'll always have her in his corner too i can also tell because i live with it when i'm watching him sometimes i can also tell when maybe he's had a a long week but those who don't have it or have not had to be a caregiver may not recognize it and they don't see it. But but he goes right past it. You'd never know it. Because he's so he, he, he stays he stays in the zone and uh, he continues to be yeah, very very motivating and very positive and he's he's living in spite of what he's dealing with. Another listener, Mike Hoffman, who was also diagnosed with MS, connected with Tyler over their shared history as college athletes. I happened to stumble across a YouTube video of Tyler's sort of story. And uh, yeah, it, it struck me. It, it, although we're, you know, we're many years apart in age, uh, I'm going to be 50 this year, and I know I think Tyler's in his early, early 30s. What struck me about him was I was a former football player. I played football at Villanova. And, you know, my mentality with injury and things like that, you know, whether it's bumps and bruises along the way or even, you know, some things that were more challenging like that is kind of this no excuses mentality. And when, you, when, you're, when you're confronted with a disease like multiple sclerosis, you, you wonder, is like, am I allowed to apply that to this thing or is it different? And Tyler was the first guy that I heard who kind of attacked life attacked his disability, attacked disease, much like, you know, I was taught as a player and and it really resonated with me. Like, wow, this guy is hitting this thing head on. He's not letting it define him. He's uh he's overcoming the challenges just like you did when you were a player and just like you did in life. It almost gave me permission to to say, okay, I can I can kind of get after this. The positive spin helped Mike through this difficult time and turned him into a regular listener. It goes without saying his his true passion for his faith, his family, his his you know overcoming his challenges is like it's so it it just fills you with hope and you know what you want to hear. So if I'm going to spend an hour listening to somebody on the radio, unless it's music, you know that's what I want to get. I want to get those things out of it. I want to hear someone who's good at what they do, filled with that natural authenticity and energy. And I want to hear someone with a lot of passion to inspire me. He has all those in spades. He's amazing. Hoffman lives in Pittsburgh, fitting into the show's long-term plan to expand its message beyond Austin. Tyler wants to spread his inspiration on a large scale and pay tribute to another figure at UT who inspired him. The slogan, Real Life, Real Talk, came from Rodney Page, the first ever African-American coach, head coach at the University of Texas, who was the first women's basketball coach at University of Texas, who was a mentor of mine at Success High School, the alternative school uh, that I volunteered at in Round Rock ISD. His his circle group, and he always he only met with young men. I was only able to meet with young men at the alternative school because I felt like I always needed to give back, and I needed to give back to alternative school. So Rodney Page allowed me to come and be a part of his mentor group, and he had been mentoring young men groups for for years 
dating back to his time at McNeil High School when he was a teacher over there. He always engaged in real life, real talk. And also I felt like even though he could care less about it, I always wished that other people would know who this man is. I felt like he deserved that. And I felt like as long as I have a show, real life, real talk, and they look the bio up of my show, they'll always find out that this slogan came because of Robbie Page. And I haven't asked him to be on a, sh a guest on my show still to this day. He's my mentor, he's my man, because I feel like I haven't, I haven't grown the show to get him the audience to the magnitude that his story deserves. So I approach the microphone every Saturday, like looking to grow my show. Despite juggling fatherhood and a radio show, Tyler is still going all the time, jumping into more projects in Austin. Each is designed to help as many people as possible. The first project he devised with Mary B combines their passions into one project. Specifically, Tyler's love of comic books and Mary's love of telenovelas helps raise MS awareness in more communities. We've come up with something called Educate, Elevate, and Collaborate. And the initiative is, if you look in me, I love comic books. Make my life a comic book character. Use Tyler as a comic book character. And let Tyler walk you through all the experiences, whether it be confronting the doctor's office, what is an MRI, what to ask about spinal taps, and make them done in a comic book setting, like a photo novella, but it's a comic book. And if you know photo novellas, they are huge in the Latino culture for their soap operas. Photo novellas are huge. Take my comic book, turn it into a photo novella, and have these experiences be placed at doctor's offices around the country and also in the communities where we are, Latino or Black, because comic books are easy to read. And if you notice, like DC and Marvel have a huge presence now. And it's like I'm living out all the dreams and fantasies I ever wanted because all the comic books are at my disposal. So I take the Educate, Elevate, and Collaborate, produce a photo novella, and then have other people who have MS of color to leverage and utilize their stories in these photo novellas about real people and their experiences to help educate people who are of color about MS. It's hard to believe that, you know, people don't, aren't familiar with MS, but also especially in the minority communities. And so that's something that we're gonna tackle with our platform of players. I feel like we have the ability to be a voice to reach people. I mean, if you talk about Earl Campbell's platform, you know, so we're gonna, we're gonna make a pretty concerted effort to change that. And I think probably we're the team of people that can do it. And especially Tyler's story resonates with, with so many people that, you know, we just want to amplify his voice and Right now, we have the op opportunity to do it. This promotes Tyler's story and their philanthropic events, but it also helps others get a diagnosis and encourages patients to participate in clinical trials to beat the disease. At least the stereotype was that it was a 40-year-old white woman's disease, and at least a woman's disease, okay? And an older, you know, not Tyler's age when he was diagnosed with it. That was what people thought, I guess, the general public from my experience in talking about MS for 10 years now. And so 
there's some research out now that there's a 47% increased risk to African Americans to get MS. And there's also some studies out there that it's also increased risk for black women who smoke. So things like that, you know, it's like, what is, we can, we're going to talk about awareness, but what is the action piece? So for example, like breast cancer, go get a mammogram. So we're hoping to not only create awareness, but what is this action piece that you can do for MS? And I think the early diagnosis obviously helps in every disease. And MS, from what I've discovered, is it's a tricky disease. You know, we're not always aggressive enough in our own health care. And so we really hope that this will encourage people to really be informed so then when you do have that time in the doctor's office you are saying but but and asking questions you know to get to the bottom of it because I just from all the different people that I've talked to it just seems like MS takes a really long time to diagnose and you have to take ownership too. Tyler and Mary hope to bring more attention to MS garnering more research that will improve early diagnosis and treatments in the future. Tyler extended his efforts to the University of Texas. He teamed up with the Moody College of Communication and UT's chapter of NABJ to start and produce a new podcast detailing the experience of black students on college campuses. Some of this stemmed from feeling like he had no one to turn to on these matters during his time in high school and college. So he gave David West and Faith Castle the opportunity to create something that told their story. While I was a student at UT, I was a member of the National Association of Black Journalists. And before I even met Tyler, Tyler was talking about, I want to work with NABJ. I want to I want to work with NABJ and I want them to have their own podcast. And again, this is way before I met him. But basically, I don't know what sparked that idea for him, but whatever it was, he was very passionate about, I want to help these uh, this black org at UT start a podcast. And I got to find a way to do it by any means necessary. I think sometimes you can be skeptical because like a lot of people, especially with like orgs like NABJ, they see a good opportunity, but it's really hard to follow through, you know, on like, especially like journalism orgs and orgs for uh, students of color. Like they're like good potential concepts there, but it, it can be hard just because it's such a niche group of people. But he was really determined. So after that, he spoke with Quigley and he, kind of assured us like don't be don't be too worried like I'm gonna I'm gonna work with you and stay in contact with you but I'm really gonna try to make this happen so yeah it was after that we just kind of got things started. The trio has been producing the podcast since late 2020. They've interviewed multiple athletes including Sonia Richards-Ross and Ricky Williams. Tyler helped set up these interviews and supported David and Faith throughout the entire process. I think it's important because Tyler we have connections uh, and he was, and, and he has passion, you know. I don't, I don't see Tyler as just like, oh, this man that has a bunch of connections, but he's someone who has connections, but, you know, and realizes that and uses that to his advantage, which, you know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes they do and sometimes they do, but only to like a certain extent. They're like, okay, I can, I can throw you a name or I can give you some money or I can do this for you, but Tyler, I feel like, has, you know, his own personal story. He realizes the importance of storytelling. And so having someone like that in your corner, as opposed to just kind of like someone, I mean, you know, anyone's helpful, but, you know, I think that's what makes Tyler really special. It's just like, 
not only does he have like a platform already, but he he has a his own story. He's a friend. Like that's the main thing. Like that's a friend of mine. Mentor, friend, whatever you want to say, like that's eternal. Like that doesn't go away. Like that's that doesn't go that that doesn't that doesn't fade, basically. He's in my he's in my phone. Again, I can call him at any moment and be like, How you doing, family? Yeah, so that that's that's what really matters. It's like you build a friendship. You know, it's not about the the cool stuff I'm doing for the drag or the cool stuff I'm doing for um with Ricky and the podcast we got coming out soon. I have a new friend. Part of my network. I don't wanna say that quote again, but y'all know what I wanna say, so he's a friend of mine now, so now it's just it's a blessing. Tyler tries to provide joy and blessings wherever he goes, whether at a speaking event or making an appearance on Dancing with the Stars Austin. Every moment in his life becomes a lesson. He put these lessons into his autobiography titled When the Ball Came Out, detailing his struggle with MS. Not only this year, next year, whatever years, it's about this book. And I know it's about this book because I don't ever have to share this story. When I look at what I what happens with you guys here, and I look at me putting my words on paper, I don't have to keep sitting down and telling people the story. So let them go find it. They can find it audio-wise through you guys. And they can find it through words on paper. Tyler's story is remarkable because he's managed to bounce back from difficult situations. Determination leads to a positive attitude. With a positive attitude, there's no limit to your altitude as a human being. You feel me? So I tell people all the time, cling to hope. All I've ever had in my life is hope. 16 years old, I've ruined my life. Alcohol, hope. I get to San Diego State. MS comes into my life. I have hope. <laughs> I don't give up. I have hope, I have a wife, I have a family, and I traveled pre-COVID delivering speeches. Like, just hope, just hope. He embodies the saying we started this podcast with, Tyler truly never quits. I just get reminded of what my dad said, what life has already taught me, and what life has shown me, what life has proved to me. If you just don't give up on whatever process you're going through. Don't have to have all the answers, just don't give up. If you would like to support Tyler and his fight against MS, you can donate to Pro Player Foundation at www.proplayerfoundation.org or the MS Society at www.nationalmssociety.org. We hope you enjoyed our story and take Tyler's advice. Don't quit no matter what. We've learned so much from Tyler over the past two years. It's been a privilege to tell his story, and we hope it impacts you as much as it impacted us. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This podcast is reported, written, edited, and directed by me, Dominique Lavignier. Clark Dalton reported, wrote, edited, and composed music for this podcast. Blaine Young was also a writer and reporter. Clarissa Georgilos designed the art for this podcast. Special thanks to Tyler Campbell, Robert Quigley, all of our sources, and everyone who made this podcast possible.